everyone should just have a media kit at all times. If you don't, like, (laughs) don't, yeah, Nate, me, I have a media kit. It's just, you always are asking me for one. And I'm like, (laughs) it's the same as the last time I gave it to you. So, um, but yeah, my super suit is made out of turbinite. It can stop bullets and (laughs) it's made out of turbine, like, or like kryptonite. And like, yeah, I don't know. This is the messy back end, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail. So we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. Unfortunately, Sheila is not feeling the best today. She has been so excited about everything we do. She has lost her voice. Her doctor said it's something like tonsillitis, but if it sounds like she's really sad, she's not. She's just as excited. She's just losing her voice. So she's not going to be talking as much today, and you're just going to have to suffer through my wonderful jokes about Taco Bell without her. Everyone these days wants to become a paid Instagram influencer. Heck, according to HubSpot, the average price for a sponsored Instagram post is $300. And if you become more successful, like Yogi Rachel Brathen, you could be making $25,000 per post. Even though the idea of getting your post sponsored might seem laughable to you, you could be more marketable than you think. Remember what Steven Richards once said, Success will be within your reach only when you start reaching out for it. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Linda Hollander. Linda has been featured on Inc. Magazine as the leading expert on corporate sponsorships, and she teaches entrepreneurs how to tap into the awesome power of corporate sponsors. She's the author of the number one bestseller, Corporate Sponsorship in Three Easy Steps, and founder of Sponsor Secrets Seminar. She's also the CEO of Sponsor Concierge, and her sponsor includes Microsoft, Epson, Wells Fargo, Dun & Bradstreet, FedEx, American Airlines, Staples, HealthNet, Marriott, IBM, and Walmart. Stay tuned to find out how her very first sponsor was Bank of America. Al Lippin Jr., the founder of IHOP Restaurant, says, if your goal is to be in success, Linda Hollander has paved the way for you. That's quite the testimonial right there. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the messy backend exposed, our expert Linda will not only share her experience, expertise, and the tools she suggests to get your backend cleaned up, but she will also expose exactly what you need to do to get your first big sponsor. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy back end and you would like to submit your question or story, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. We wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners. 
Seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, our embarrassing, messy backends, bloopers with you. We've just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fans. That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe. So never miss an episode because they're pretty fun. Then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes. Now on to our expert, Linda Hollander, for her expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. Today, we have a messy back-end question submitted by one of our listeners. I see so many businesses with sponsors who provide much-needed funds for events, production of podcasts, marketing, and more. Can I get sponsors too? And what are they looking for in a business to sponsor? I'm so glad to be here. The definition of sponsorship is connecting a company to people who buy things. So that's what sponsors are looking for. They're looking for you to brand them and promote them to your core consumers. They're looking for you to help increase their brand loyalty. They're looking for you to educate people about their products and services. And lastly, they're looking for you to help them drive sales and traffic. Awesome. I love that. I, I love that. Sorry. You just come right out of the yeah. bat swinging. Love it. Linda and um, actually was helping me get sponsors. And, you know, I think if people thought of it the way that you just described it, as opposed to a place where I can get money, if the, it's the same thing with our clients. We have to look at what can we do for them, not just what can they do for us. And I think a lot of people look at sponsorships that way. Yeah, you don't want a sugar daddy relationship uh, with your sponsors where you just kind of have your hand out for the money. Uh, the reason sponsors give you money that you don't have to pay back is because you're providing quality, you're providing value, and you're adding value to their company. So uh, that's why sponsors uh, will pay you. Now, let me tell you the kind of things that they sponsor because the question was about a business. Uh, it depends on what kind of business you have. Most businesses, yes, you can get sponsors for. Uh, you could get sponsors for your event. And you know what? Most sponsors will fund the virtual events that are happening today. You could get sponsors for a podcast like this, or if you want to be a social influencer, or if you blog, if you want to speak, if you want to write books. And lastly, if you have a nonprofit charity, because the real savvy nonprofits have absolutely mastered the art of corporate sponsorships, and one sponsor equals thousands of donors for that nonprofit. Yeah, that's, I, that's something that I hadn't even thought of until you brought that up. Even though I have a background in nonprofits, like I've worked with nonprofits for 20 years now. And yeah, corporate sponsors and the big boy sponsors are the bread and butter of the organization. Like we need those big sponsors to function. So I love that you brought that up. So Linda, tell us a little bit about your background. Why are you the expert in sponsors? 
<laughs> All right. Well, same thing as what you brought up at the beginning of the show. I needed money. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I wanted to do an event. Uh, I wanted to do something called the Women's Small Business Expo uh, because starting my business got me out of the poverty trap and it got me out of an abusive relationship. Uh, before starting my business, I would go to my mailbox in the morning, you know, my hand would literally shake when I opened the mailbox. And I'm sure you could guess why I was afraid of my own mailbox. There were bills there I could never, ever afford to pay. Uh, I borrowed money on credit cards because I wasn't making enough at my job. It was a very toxic work situation where I had an abrasive relationship with my boss. I worked with people I didn't like. Sometimes I would go down to my car and I would cry during lunchtime. Uh, and in my personal life, I was in a relationship with an abusive man, stayed in that for quite a few years because really I had absolutely no self-confidence and I thought that was what I deserved. But fortunately, one day I had an epiphany and I called my best friend, Cheryl. Now, Cheryl and I met when we were 13 years old at recess. And we always knew that if we did something together, it would be absolutely phenomenal. So I said, do you want to take a, the biggest adventure ride of our lives together and start a business? Fortunately, she said yes. So I started the business. I was able to move out of the little rent-controlled apartment, uh, buy my first home as a single woman, uh, pay down my debts that were absolutely choking me, travel the world. Uh, and I wanted to show other women how to do what we did. I was an art major. She was a cinema major. We knew nothing about business, uh, but we turned our little uh, enterprise into a multi-million dollar business. And I wanted to show other women how to do that. When I looked at the cost of doing a live events, because live events were the thing, um, it was so staggering. And, but I said, I need to do this. I want to do this. Uh, and that's when I found out about sponsors, that sponsors will fund your event and all those things we talked about before. My very first sponsors, having no experience, I'd never done an event in my life, and I had no following or fan base. I had my brother-in-law and my cat. That was it. I got... <laughs> <laughs> I got Bank of America, Walmart, and IBM as my very first sponsors, which Wait. led to Microsoft and Staples and American Airlines and all kinds of other great sponsors. Okay, how? Like you, you just, I was expecting you to be like, yeah. So my brother-in-law's business, he was a dentist, and he sponsored me. Because when I think of like you starting out as sponsorships, I feel like you go and ask the people that are in your church or you know other parents at your kids' soccer games, you know those type of things. But no, you just like name dropped Fortune 500 companies, you know Fortune 100 companies. Like, okay. Tell us your secrets. Okay. Well, you could ask family and friends, but you know, you're not going to get as much money as you're going to get from the big corporate sponsors. You kind of know that right. from your work with the nonprofits. Mm -hmm. uh, so I prefer to do that because sometimes, you know, you can't even go to a family reunion because things happen uh, when you mix family and money. And <laughs> yeah. so um, I prefer to get corporate sponsors because they, they have the deep pockets. Uh, by the way, most of our clients get between 10,000, even up to 100,000 from each sponsor. So this could be quite lucrative because there's no limit to the number of sponsors you could get. 
So let's talk about how to get the sponsors. Now, what you want to do first is your wish list, your sponsor wish list. Uh, you want to write down the companies that you would like to work with. It's all about your demographics. The demographics are destiny. So for me, uh, my audience was women business owners. So what do women business owners use and buy? Uh, they have a bank account. They buy insurance. Uh, they buy office supplies, technology. And then in their personal lives, uh, they buy consumer goods like food and beverage. So those are the companies that I sort of targeted uh, as my sponsors. Um, any questions on the sponsor wish list? So basically, you just set out and said, okay, who has the similar type of audience that I have? I'm going to be showing up with business women who also is wanting to target business women, right? Like that's kind of what you were saying. They need bank accounts. Cool. Let's bring in, I think you said Bank of America. You know, they need to go shopping. What was the store that you said you brought Walmart. in for that? Walmart. Yes. People go shopping at Walmart. I've, I've been told that. Uh, it's been a minute since I've been in there, but yes. For um, Nate, would Nate would use Taco Bell. Because Taco Nate, Bell. I love Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. Yes. We need Taco Bell as a sponsor because <laughs> Linda, what do you call fries that aren't yours? Nacho, nacho fries. Nacho fries. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, that, that, that definitely makes sense. You have to figure out what, the, what your audience is and go find those people that have that same audience and, or those products or services that your audience will use. Did I get that right? You got it right. And if I could, uh, I'll tell a quick story about my first sponsor. Uh, so I'm in Los Angeles, California. You know, what do you think of with Los Angeles? Traffic jams, right? So I'm in a traffic jam, cursing it, hot, tired, want to just get back home. Uh, but I see a billboard for Bank of America. And I said, oh, my God, what if they could be a sponsor of mine? Now, the problem was all I had was an idea in my little head. And I think that's what's important for people to know. You can get sponsored on concept. I hadn't done any event at all when I got that sponsor. But what I did was I came home. And I self-sabotaged and I said, what am I, crazy? <laughs> Bank America is not going to talk to me. Uh, I'm just this little Jewish girl in her kitchen with a cat, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if people will come to my event. I don't know if it has legs. I don't know, you know, what's going to go on. So I basically said, you know, they're going to reject me. I don't want any part of it. I buried it for about two weeks because of fear. But then my mission was so strong to help people that I did pick up the phone called Bank of America. Uh, I did get the guy who could green light the sponsorship. He said, come on down. I brought my clunker car. Uh, paint was peeling, upholstery shot, parked it two blocks down, put on the one good suit I had, walked into Bank of America. And uh, he said, yes, we'll sponsor you. And I wanted to scream, but I'm in this fancy bank building. So <laughs> I wiped my hand on my suit uh, and shake his hand because my hand was so sweaty. I was so nervous. Uh, but then when I got to the car, I did that, the happy dance because there is nothing like the feeling of getting your first sponsor. It is pure validation because somebody believes in you and not only somebody, but a leading edge company believes in you and is investing in you. So uh, I waved to all the Bank of Americas on my drive home. And then that led to other sponsors. That's wow. That, yeah, that's an incredible story. Uh, 
really not just incredible about like, no, that's why we want to go get sponsors. So we can feel that, you know, wonderful joy. And uh, like you said, that validation, knowing that you're on that right path. But to me, that's also a story of, you know, not necessarily listening to those, you know, negative inner thoughts and those emotions uh, saying that you're not good enough, that you're not big enough. Um, you, you went for it anyway. And, and you had every reason telling you to not go for it. You know, you were just this, you know, small time Jewish woman with a cat, you know, in the, in the kitchen. That is just, but you made it happen. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Sure, sure. And I didn't even have the people that I love believing in me because uh, I think it's important for people to know that I didn't have family support. Uh, I had two failed businesses before I started this the business and uh, art school training. So I went to my dad and I said, hey, I want to start another business. And he didn't say, oh, great. I believe in you. Go for it. He said, you're crazy. And I'm sure uh, a lot of people listening to us have been told they're crazy. So I didn't get family support. So that's why I had to go out and get support from other people who could hold my visions in life. I joined every entrepreneurial group out there. I went to every seminar that was out there. Uh, so, you know, even if your family is not supportive, you do need a support team. Now, the happy ending is my father did come around. He called me and he said, um, I'm so sorry for anything that I said that was hurtful. And I am so proud of you. And when he said that, I thought my heart would just burst wide open. If any of you have children, please tell them how proud you are of them. They are dying to hear it. Uh, but, you know, it's important because my father had an agenda. He was being a protective dad. He didn't want to see me fail like I'd failed in the past. He didn't want to see me get hurt. And now we are so close. It's just embarrassing how close we are. Uh, so these people do come around. Awesome. That's awesome. And that's, that's a good word of advice to all the parents out there is tell, tell your kids that they're, you're proud of them, you know, cause I, I bet, you know, the way that your face lit up just now, uh, you know, you listeners, you weren't able to see that, but her face lit up more when she was saying how proud her father was of her than when she landed that first big sponsor. Great. And I, I noticed that too. I was like, I think you were more excited about your father saying that than actually getting money from Bank of America. I think that's absolutely what's the next thing. So once you get that list and you know who you want to talk to, you're driving down the street, you see a billboard. You're like, those guys got a billboard. I want them. What do you do next? The next step is the proposal. Uh, You need an industry standard sponsor proposal because you're asking for money that you don't have to pay back. But in order to get it, you need a sponsor proposal. And when I met with Bank of America, I did show them my proposal and that's how I got the deal. So that's how sponsors make their funding decisions. Now, what goes into the proposal? A description of what you do. Uh, The sponsor benefits. Now, the sponsor benefits don't have to be expensive. They could be things like email marketing, social media, videos, contests, traditional media, like things that you're doing already. Uh, You want to put your demographics in there, uh, description of your audience. Uh, You want to put your marketing plan. How are you going to get the word out about whatever it is you want to sponsor? And then the way that we help people build their proposals and their offerings to sponsors is different than anybody else. 
we work on storytelling. So just like that story that I told you, we put that in the sponsor proposal for the client because that's how you stand out from the crowd. People think, well, I'm sending this proposal to a big company. I'm going to put facts and figures and it's boring. Uh, you want to make an emotional connection. It's not a faceless corporation that sponsors you. It's a human being that decides to sponsor you. So I'll put in that I was in the poverty trap, that I was in an abusive relationship. That is in uh, my sponsor proposal. Uh, so you want to get a little vulnerable and not just put what we call the pretty bio that has your education and your certifications and, you know, all your accomplishments. You really want to, you know, show your humanity. You want to show what makes you stand out from everyone else, like you, like you were saying, what makes you jump off the page, because I'm sure they get, you know, these big guys, I'm sure they get hundreds of applications a week even uh, of, okay, who do we sponsor next? And if everyone else is just a plain Jane, and then you come along and you jump out from the paper, they're going to say, well, we want to meet with this person. Let's bring them in. Let's talk more. Let's figure this out. So. Um, so that kind of answers like the my next question of like what sponsors you're looking for. You, you kind of made some things like who your demographics are, you know, what they're going to get out of it. That's that's really what they're looking for. Um, now, when people do that and they they kind of create that sponsor proposal, dream sponsors. Um, what do you see is the biggest mistake that people make when they do that? Uh, one of the biggest mistakes is asking for too little money. It sounds counterintuitive, but that will actually hurt you in the sponsor business because I've seen proposals asking for $150. Now, what are you telling your sponsor that you have nothing of value and it's not worth their time because sponsorship is a team sport. Uh, the person may have to share uh, your proposal with their colleagues and their boss and, you know, their employees. And uh, so it's going to take some time on their part. So it has to be worth it. They have to see a lot of value and you have to establish your value from the beginning because you can't just get in at a real cheap price and then double it the next year. And by the way, we do recommend a one-year contract. Uh, so uh, that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make is really not knowing how to price what they're offering the sponsor. That's, uh, you know, I wonder, I was really surprised by that because it would seem to me that people were asking for too much. I mean, if I went to somebody like Bank of America, I wouldn't ask for $150. You know, if you went to like your dad's company, for example, you might ask for a lower amount. But so is that is that one of those things that's kind of negotiable if you go in there and say, hey, I'm looking for half a million dollars and they come back and say, we're not going to give you half a million. We'll give you 250, but they're certainly not going to come back and say, well, we won't give you half, but we'll give you a full million. You know, is that something that is negotiable or once you go in at the number, it's, it's, that's the set number. It's very negotiable. They want to know that you're flexible. They want to know that your proposal is what we call half-baked, not fully baked, uh, that there's some room to talk to your sponsors because the most successful partnership deals are when you really listen to your sponsor and listen to what they want. In fact, 
your first conversation should be a fact-finding expedition. You want to know, hey, what are your marketing goals and how can I help you achieve those marketing goals? What are your campaigns? What are your demographics? What are some sponsorships that you've done in the past that have been successful or not successful and why? So you really want to listen to what they want and then provide some brilliant solutions for them. You don't really want to sell them off-the-rack stuff. Right. That makes sense. It's, I almost see it like in a way, like a job interview. You're, it's like you're filling out a resume. That's like that, you know, the sponsor proposal. Then you come in, you have the interview, but you can't just say, Oh, this is why I'm the same as everyone else. This is what I can offer differently. What do you need as a company that I can offer that I can bring to the table? That's kind of what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The same thing. You know, an employer is going to pay you because you bring value to that mm-hmm. company. <laughs> and the more value the bring, you bring, the more that uh, you're going to get compensated. So it's, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Just paying different taxes and you don't have to go and cry in your car during lunch break, you know, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully as long as you, you, you know, do that, do that right. So you know, what's the best way, like once you have these, you know, your sponsorship proposal and the idea of how much to ask and everything like that, what is then the best way to approach those prospective sponsors? Sponsors want you to introduce yourself by email. Now, I know I told you that I called Bank of America and I got the right person. You can still do that, but it's a whole lot more difficult than when I first started in this business. So uh, sponsors have told me a lot of things in the past like 20 years. And one is that they want you to send them an email because they don't want to be interrupted by a phone call uh, because they're usually really busy. So send them an email introduction. Uh, Now, if they don't answer that first email, send a couple of more because sometimes they like a few touches. Uh, and then push for a conversation as soon as you can, because sponsorship is a relationship business. You want to have conversations that create synergy and relationships and rapport. So don't just you know keep emailing back and forth. Have conversations. Uh, do Zoom calls. Uh, the best way to talk to your sponsors uh, was to meet with them personally, like I did with Bank of America. Uh, it's not so possible now, and it will be in the future. But for now, do a Zoom call so you could see their body language and you can, you know, just have more of a sense of who they are. I love that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially these days. Like That's why we do this over Zoom. We want to be able to see the person, you know, see body language reactions, those type of things, as opposed to just doing this over audio. We figured out we get a lot better conversation. And that's what you said. It's about a conversation. It's about building that relationship. So love it. Um, So how can we get uh, media partners? Because some partners, it's more than just writing a check, right? It's about, hey, I need your sponsorship to promote this event or this whatever you're doing. So what's the best way about doing that? 
First of all, I want everybody to know that traditional media is not dead. And sponsors like traditional media. They like television and radio and print, uh, as well as the digital platforms. Because when a lot of people come to me, I say, well, how are you going to get the word out? And they talk to me about social media, marketing and email and video. And even mobile marketing now is coming to the fore where, you know, you send texts. Um, And I said, well, what about the traditional? And they're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So sponsors are traditional. They like traditional uh, marketing. You get media sponsors in the same way that you get your cash sponsors, by sending them the proposal and making a deal. The difference is that media is what's called in-kind. There is not cash that trades hands. There is a trading of benefits and services. For instance, I got a radio station And they gave me $25,000 worth of media, 30-second commercials, 60-second commercials, sponsor spotlight interviews, the presence on the website. And we just traded. And and at the time, you know what we traded? Uh, A booth at my event. That was it. You know, so it didn't really cost me. It was just airspace Uh, uh, because what radio stations have to do to keep their license is they have to get out into the community. And for you nonprofit people, they have to feature a certain amount of public affairs programming also uh, to keep their license. So I love traditional radio. I think it's great. And people still listen to traditional radio as well as these newer formats like podcasts and Internet radio and and, and things like that. Uh, So that's how you get the media sponsors. Same exact proposal. Would you say that, like in your experience, that brands that are a nonprofit versus those that are for-profit, would you say that they have better success or less success in getting like media, you know, sponsorships or those in-kind donations um, more than the corporate sponsors or less, or I don't know if I'm phrasing this right. (laughs) What what would you say that people react more to the nonprofits than for-profit or does it really just depend on how you package that? Well, one of the big myths out there is that you need to be a nonprofit to get sponsors. You do not need to be a nonprofit. I've been a for-profit for over 20 years. If you look at all the social media platforms, Facebook, uh, even the new players like TikTok, Twitter, you know, they, they live online and their whole business model is corporate sponsorship. You know, they're basically advertising companies. So you do not need to be a nonprofit. Here's where nonprofits have a little bit of an edge. Uh, Because during the pandemic, uh, companies had a lot of money earmarked for sports and big concerts. What they did was they funneled that into the nonprofits because they wanted to show how they were giving back to the community. Cause marketing is really, really hot. Now, what the for-profit businesses can do is have a charitable partner. It used to be just a nice thing that I would recommend. Now it is a necessary thing. And my charitable partner is Junior Achievement. Part of the proceeds of everything I do goes to Junior Achievement because what they do is they teach kids how to be business owners and entrepreneurs. And I just love it. I took a tour of their facility, fell in love with them. So you want a nonprofit partner if you're a for-profit business. How does, how does that nonprofit partnership work with junior achievers? Are you then a, a partner with them or are you, do you become a sponsor or is that, 
What is that? Is that a new partner agreement? I'm sorry, just trying to clarify, like what? Of that course. Is. Um, okay, so with Junior Achievement, um, they're they're my charitable partner. They're what I feature, and you know, it says it on my website. It says it on my marketing materials that a portion of the proceeds go to Junior Achievement to teach kids entrepreneurship. Now. Uh, nonprofits are looking for a couple of things. They're looking for money, of course. Everybody thinks all they're looking for is money, uh, but they're also looking for exposure. So you can give a nonprofit exposure, and that's why it might be a good idea to have a, maybe a lesser-known grassroots charity as your partner because you could give them exposure as well as donate part of the proceeds. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I have that much money to donate to uh, a charity. Well, the national average for charitable donations is only one and a half percent of the net profits after expenses. So you could start small and then increase it. And with Junior Achievement, see, they promote me and I promote them. Uh, they had me as a judge for their competitive edge contest, uh, which, you know, I was on a Shark Tank type panel, you know, where mm -hmm. the kids really, they give all these really great presentations on PowerPoints that they're, they actually start businesses. They're not earth shaking businesses. It's selling t-shirts or selling muffins or something. Uh, uh, but see, they promoted me um, and they promote me. And, and the cool thing about the nonprofits is on their board. Oh my God, they've got the movers and the shakers on their boards. They've got vice presidents mm -hmm. of banks and all that. So that's why it's a good thing. And if you want a celebrity, that's a good way to get to a celebrity is support the nonprofit that the celebrity supports. I like that. I have met a handful of celebrities because of my work with the boards of different charities that I've worked with. So I completely understand. Uh, unfortunately, they're celebrities that I don't care about. They're like athletes and stuff. And apparently one of them just won the big game Super Bowl thingy a couple months ago. I don't know. But I've got a picture of me next to him and all my friends are fangirling over him. So I get it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, I love it. So... You told us about the, you know, what they're looking for in the sponsorship package, you know, and how we can, you know, help them out and how they can help us out. But what we, what can we really do to like research and prepare for the, the meeting and connecting up with that sponsorship? Like, how do we research that to make basically strengthen that and make sure that we can be that perfect fit for them? What would you recommend there? You want to do two types of research. One type of research is to your demographics. So uh, even though I had no experience, I had an amazing audience of women business owners. Women business owners are starting businesses at twice the rate of men. Uh, it is a multi-trillion dollar market as far as what they spend each year. I think it's a, a $6 trillion market. Uh, and here's the thing. Women make or influence over 85% of the purchasing decisions in America. Now, I got that information just by Googling, and it took me probably under 30 minutes to get all that information. So definitely research your demographics. The other research you want to do is your sponsor, because sponsors like you to do your homework about their company. Look at their website. Look at their social media. Go to the About Us page. 
And if they have a press room on their website, go to the press room, look at the articles, look at how they message themselves. Uh, and, you know, if you on your first meeting say, hey, I saw this on your website, I see you're doing this. They love that. They eat it up with a spoon because they want to know that you're not just kind of picking random companies because you need the money. You're really picking that particular sponsor because you see an alignment of your core values and your vision. It is just like a job interview because that's what you would do at a job interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like want to land the job. Yeah, a friend of mine, you know, does, you know, he said he won't hire anybody unless they've looked, at least looked at the website before coming to the interview. And he, he could kind of tell if they have. Yeah. Why would you want to hire somebody that hasn't even done research in your company? You know, it's like you want them to be in love with that. And sponsorship sounds like it, it wouldn't be any different. You know, if I were the person deciding on who to give our money to, as a company, you know, who can we sponsor? Who can we connect up with? I want those who know that, like you said, their cores and their visions align with, with ours. So I love that. Um, I would like to circle kind of background. We, t- we touched on this a little bit earlier, but so after doing all this research and we're ready and we're saying, and we know, we know for a fact that we would be a perfect, you know, match with this sponsor. It's like, we've got the same demographics. We can give them, I can scratch their back. They can scratch mine. You know, it's going to work out all perfectly. So how do I figure out in that back scratching process, how many back scratches to ask for? How do we figure out how much money to ask for? Because earlier you were like, yeah, people ask too little. Uh, and you gave the offer, you know, or the idea of $150. And then Sheila countered that and she's like half a million dollars. And I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down, girls. Like, let's figure this out. Let's ask for the right amount because you don't want to go overzealous. You don't want to be underzealous. How can you figure that out of, well, what is what I'm offering worth? Uh, well, it'll be something between $150 and half a million dollars. How's that? <laughs> Thanks, Linda. Oh, it's such a PC Thanks. answer. I love it. I know, right? And that's a wrap, folks. Okay. We, we got um, it. You heard it here first. For this, I really have to talk to people one-on-one because I have to see what they're offering and then I could give them a valuation. So can I tell people how to get in touch with me? Absolutely. That's what I was going to ask next. So okay. you nailed it. Great. Okay. First of all, I have a free gift. If you go to my website, successwithsponsors.com, on successwithsponsors.com, you'll get the number one secret for getting your sponsors. That's one thing you get there. Another thing that you could do is you could schedule a sponsor strategy session with me uh, because I don't really do cookie cutter amounts because, you know, an an amount for one person might not be the right amount for another person. And like you said, you really want to hit that magic number. Um, So you could schedule a sponsor strategy session. I love talking with people. I love brainstorming. It's like magic. I tell you how to find money in ways you never even thought of. Uh, So just go to successwithsponsors.com. So awesome. I will just say, so I have done the strategy call and I have hired Linda to help me get sponsors and I can guarantee you that she will give you everything you need. And she doesn't just like give you this and then walk away. She's been a re- trusted resource for me now since 2018 when it comes to sponsors. When I started looking and considering getting sponsors, I did a bunch of research. How do I get sponsors? And Linda's name came up every time at the top of the list. And so I finally reached out to her and um, hired her in 2018. And it has been an in, she's an invaluable resource. 
you just, you can't go wrong. So you need to go get this strategy session. If you're really serious about getting sponsors, you won't regret it. Thank you. I'm actually really glad that we record these podcasts ahead of time because I'm going to go there today, book that strategy session. And then by the time all of you listen to this podcast, I'll have already met with Linda (laughs) and then the schedule can free up and you guys can have her after me. So awesome. Linda, thank you so much for coming on our show today. You have given at least me, I know for sure, a lot of great value. Uh, I'm sure our listeners are going to be jumping with joy and chomping at the bit to go book a strategy session with you because it sounds like just from your expertise and your knowledge, it's one of those perfect partnerships. You are the perfect partner that they need to go work with so that you can help them get the funding and get the sponsorship that they need to make the changes that they're trying to make in this world. Um, and that's another thing that I love about you and your message is you have been doing this because you want to help people. It's not about, and I can tell that from people. We, we've had guests on here that all they care about is the dollar and putting more money in their pockets. And I don't get that vibe from you at all. I get the vibe of, nope, I figured out how to do it. Let me help you figure it out as well. There's enough money out there for us all to benefit. Uh, These corporate sponsors are wanting to find people like us to help out. And you're there with wonderful resources and amazing knowledge and years of experience in helping people with that. So thank you again for coming on our show. Um, I know it's been extremely valuable for all of us. Um, And again, uh, guys, go to her website, go check her out. Uh, book her up before you know she loses all of her appointments so go check that out thank you linda you're awesome linda it's been so great to talk to you again i really appreciate you coming on thank you so much i loved it you guys are amazing and uh thank you so much for having me Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Messy Backend. We know, we know, you can't get enough of us. So have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event. Visit themessybackend.com slash speaking and send us your event details. It's true. We love speaking. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Yes, Women's Network, where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Also, our advertiser, PodServe FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy to find out more. And a thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. It was, remember that old Saturday Night Live thing? Uh, Which one? better to look good than to feel good. (laughs) I don't remember that, but I I approve. I I agree. (laughs) I usually don't feel good, but I will try to look good. Even when my hair is getting cropped off. I don't don't curse. 
Well, okay. Well, that's less <laughs> Sorry, exciting. Nate. Sorry, Nate. I like throwing in the You're cursing better. so that she has to edit more, but... <laughs>